Hale Varsity Radio, every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hale Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hale Varsity Radio. W. T. L. It's a big, hairy American winning machine. You ain't first, you're last. W. T. L. All right, nice, huh? Got a talk show here, talk show with my mic. I got everything. W. T. L. He does his workout and performance. Get it to 85% weekend. You're a mute. W. T. L. Brings me to my next point. Don't smoke crack. And welcome everybody to WTL. Where's the line? I'm your host and D Class, and joined by Gibran. Ah, uh, the Portland Ponder. <laughs> yeah, we back, back in the house, back at no it. No doubt about it. Let's get it. Uh, and you know, people like to say, "Oh, it's summertime. It's slow. Nothing to watch." Uh, give me a break. Yeah. This is a loaded episode. <laughs> if you're betting fiends like us, there's always stuff to watch. And degenerates. Yeah, degenerates <laughs> is, is what yeah most people call us. But mm-hmm. we got UFC. We got baseball still rolling. So yep. two of my favorite things to bet on and to watch. So uh, yeah, we got plenty to talk about. And we're going to bring Jonathan Von Tobel from Vsin's uh, Hardwood Handicappers. Yeah. We're going to step away and uh, hear a little bit of news. He is in Las Vegas, yeah. watching the NBA Summer League. And you know what? There's a number of Huskers. Yeah. There's a number of Creighton Blue Jays, and they're making some waves. They're uh, making some noise down there in Las Vegas. So we're going to get the inside scoop uh, with JVT of VEASAN as well. And that's Heck sandwiched yeah. in between what we're already uh, planning to bring to the table here. No doubt about it. No, it's uh, awesome. Like you said, we got you know uh, McG- the McGowan's boys out there. We got uh, Banton out there. Yep. And, and like you said, really good. Yeah, no doubt about it. So that will be very fun listening to him uh, kind of give us his take on the Huskers and just – uh, NBA Summer League yeah. in general. A couple Blue Jays will sprinkle in there too. Show yeah. them some love too. No doubt. All right, but so let's get into your wheelhouse or what's kind of turned into your wheelhouse. Yeah, the a little UFC. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's still wild. You were in Las Vegas. Yeah. Quite a spectacle that had It was been. awesome. It was so cool. Uh, probably my second favorite sporting event I've ever been to outside of the Home Run Derby that I went to in Colorado awesome. last, last yeah, year. Yeah. So, uh, And we got that coming up here. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's all kind of hitting right now. So this is a fun time yes, in sir. sports when everybody is saying that it's uh, kind of dull. But, no, we got UFC Fight Night, Ortega versus Rodriguez coming to us live on Saturday night. Uh, this is a very good card, Andy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ortega and Rodriguez, they're they're two and three in the rankings right now. One of them has been promised a title shot at the 145 division if, if they win. If so, it's a it's a huge card for them. And uh, before I get into those plays, though, I kind of want to throw in a little a little money maker here, Andy. Ooh, a little little a little okay. bit of plus money here. <laughs> we got Lauren Murphy versus uh, former bantamweight champion Misha Tate. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's dropping down to flyweight right now, and it's a move that I don't see going well for her. Okay, uh, she struggled against. Uh, Vieira, the last person she fought against, and is now fighting one of the best flyweights in the world in, in Lauren in Murphy, Lauren Murphy yeah, who yeah. is also super durable. Uh, 
Murphy has solid takedown defense, and if she can keep standing, uh, I don't see this going well for Misha Tate because if Misha Tate can't wrestle, she's not going to be able to take uh, Murphy down. So I have a bet here at plus 175 with Lauren Murphy winning this fight. So that is... That's my underdog of the night, which I really think has a really good shot of hitting. And uh, to me, this should be more of a pick 'em bet. But yeah, they yeah. still on the books right now. They still have her at plus money. Okay. Uh, with with uh, Misha Tate dropping down, they think with her weight, she can kind of uh, hold her uh, on striking wise um, and get her on the ground. So well, that's uh, our game though, right? Grappling. It is. Yeah, it is. But I don't. I don't think Lauren Murphy's going to stand for that, and I really think she might finish her in this. But just to be safe, I'm just going to go with the with the the decision Glenn. at plus one seventy five. You know, Murphy wins over half of her fights by KO, right, or TKO. Yeah, you know, either or. Uh, so I mean, if you want to get a little wild, do some yeah, player no prop type stuff. That. I mean, and and you're a believer in Lauren Murphy. You yeah. know that that might be all right too. I I love the plus money bet though. Yeah, and just looking at the overall record. Uh, and not knowing the drop in the weight class from mm-hmm. Tate, you got Lauren Murphy at fifteen and five. Yeah, Misha at nineteen and eight. Right, kind of going the wrong way. No, uh, and Misha Tate's always—I mean, her last few fights, she's—you can tell that she's trying to hold on, mm-hmm. hold on to those glory years that she had with Ronda against Nunez and right. uh, Holly Holm and all those girls. Um, I think it's about time for her to hang it up. Okay, uh, and this could be the one that puts her in the grave. Yeah, well, and she, and you know it. <clears throat> She wins by submission. That yeah. is her game. No doubt about you, it. You know, and, and that's maybe has fallen off a little bit. And like you said, Lauren Murphy, even though she's given up about 10 pounds here, yeah. Uh, I mean, this is her class. This I is her it, weight class. This is her, her natural, weight class, and she is a striker. Class. And if yeah. she can stay on her feet, she has a very good shot at winning this. All right, so we, let's move up to another women's bout. What, what were you kind of looking at here? Yeah, no, we got the co-main event of the night, uh, Lamos versus Watterson. Uh, this is scheduled for three rounds, strawweight division, and these two are knocking on the door. Uh, UFC odds have Lamos as a big favorite, minus 400, as she hopes to get back into title contention. Watterson is at plus 260 as the underdog, and she is in desperate need for a victory, or it's, you know, kind of lights out for her as yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, the karate hottie needs the, yeah, uh, the karate a spotty hottie right needs, here. Yeah, <laughs> the karate hottie needs uh, to get back on track here. Uh, She's still ranked ahead of Lamos. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Lamos and Watterson are seeking, you know, like I said, to regain the momentum to get at the top of the division. Mm -hmm. They're both coming off losses in their their most recent fights. Uh, I just... I really have a hard time going with the underdog here. I really think the karate hottie is uh, about to get finished. Um, (laughs) My best bet on this one, though, Andy, is... I think this is going to go the the distance. Okay. I think it's going to go all three rounds. Uh, so my best bet of the night is over, over two and a half rounds at minus two ten. I really think that the Karate Hottie is you know is a big a dog as she is. I think she's going to be able to stay there, not get knocked out. That is her game. Her average fight time, average yeah. fight time is fourteen minutes forty nine seconds. Right. It goes the distance. It goes the distance. Uh, but that worries me. Lamo, so only at seven minutes. Yeah, that's you know? because she knocks people out for sure. Uh, and that and that's another. If you guys want to go that way, if you do think Lamos has, I mean, obviously has the power to do it, mm-hmm. but she's sitting at a plus 260 to win by TKO, Ooh. which is a good Ooh. bet. But like we said with the like karate the, hottie, she does not get knocked out. Yeah, good defense. I Real think, good defender. I think the best the best bet is going over two and a half rounds at that minus 210. I think it's the best value. Um, 
And if I had to go with one or the other, I'd go Lamos money line. But that's at a minus four hundred, so there's not a lot of value there. So my best bet, my most valued bet of this fight, is over the two and a half rounds at minus two ten. Yeah, if that if that's if you got to get in on this bet, and I think there's going to be a lot of action. I really do. Oh yeah, no doubt. And I think more people. Uh, are accustomed to betting on the Karate Hottie. Oh, I mean, that's for fun. sure. She's the name, and and she's got a lot more uh, fights. Yeah, she's no eighteen doubt. and nine compared to eleven, two and one. Yeah. Uh, so, and also, I'm seeing a lot of buzz, a lot of hype videos, whether it be you know on social media, whatever you're on. Yeah. Uh, talking about Watterson. Yeah. You know, nobody's talking about Lamos outside <laughs> of. Insiders, yeah, you know what I mean. Insiders that yeah, know yeah. what the strawweight division in the women's is doing right now. Yeah, yeah. And if Lamos wins this, she's right on the door again mm-hmm. to fighting. You know, probably the loser of Amanda Nunez and uh, Juliana Pena coming up here soon. So um, this mm. this is a stepping stone for both of them. It's going to be a fun fight. I just think it goes the I think it goes the distance, and I think uh, Lamos brings it out in the end. All right, so let's talk about the other main card. Kind of fun how it's co co main event. Yeah, <laughs> Rodriguez and Ortega, T City taking on El Pantera. Yep, El Pantera Woo! versus T City. Uh, Ortega ranked number two in the world in, at uh, the 145 division. It's crazy, despite he's only you know appearing in the octagon just three times in the past four years. It's crazy that that you can hold on to a ranking of that sort, yeah. but. And he's coming off a loss. He's coming off a loss, but it's to Volkanovski, the great. Yeah. And the only other loss that he's had in those uh, in those four years is Max Holloway, which those are yep. by far the best in the yeah, division. Yeah. Yep. And Ortega for that fight that he did have against Volk, Volk, you know, smashed him up the you know first four rounds or whatever. But mm-hmm. Ortega hung in there, hung in there, and actually took round five from him, took a championship round from the great Volkanovski, which is unheard of in this run that the great has done so i really like ortega in this but ortega is not actually promised a um a title a title shot if he wins this now they have said that if rodriguez beats ortega there's nowhere else to go with the title shot other than rodriguez so rodriguez has a little more i feel like a little more oomph to uh come in here and you know try and put on a show but uh, as fearsome to go a finisher as T City has been, it, it just I don't see him losing this fight. I mm-hmm. don't see him losing to anybody in the division. I actually think that he's probably going to come back after he wins this fight and f- fight Max Holloway. Yeah, yeah, and you know, kind of cement himself as the number two in the division. And it could be even for a, a strap because Volk might go up in weight yeah, class. And he might. He, he's got nowhere else to go. He's got nowhere else I to mean, go. He's not nobody else to beat but even though there was some controversy there with Holloway wasn't there like the, the, I mean, the, the last the two fights before this last one yeah. Volkanovski just beat the crap out of mm-hmm. him at 276 so there's no more there's no more doubt there's no more anything with Max he is well Max was trying to say that yeah oh, of course <laughs> of course he's he's not going to get a fourth fight and mm-hmm. not win any of them so it's yeah. it's uh it's pretty tough to get four title shots especially if you haven't won a single fight exactly um but like we're saying opportunity knocks for Yar uh Rodriguez here yeah I just don't see Ortega losing uh especially cuz Ortega it seems like he gets better as fights go on and I really think that this one probably probably could go into later rounds 
But my best pick of the night for this card, Andy, uh-huh. Ortega winning by submission at plus 270. Okay. That is huge okay. money. I think Ortega is going to do it. Uh, he averages over one submission per 15 minutes. So, so that means... Yeah. You know, He's going to do it. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, I just, Pretty easy to do that, I just. I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to take him down. I think he's going to get the submission. I think he's a lot better wrestler. Uh, It's just how I feel in this fight. I know that a lot of people would rather see probably Rodriguez win this fight to see if not a not a same same thing against you know Ortega versus Max or Ortega versus Volkanovski. But I really think that these are the top three in the division. Yeah, and I don't think it's ever going to stop. Nothing here very soon, anyways. Yeah, so you're you're taking that plus money Ortega, kind of getting in a little bit of a prop there. Yeah, with the submission pick, that's At your plus best 270, bet. Plus two seventy. Yep. Okay, now you always like to string something together, and that was our, you know, by far and away our most viewed uh, short video here for like parlay. Yeah. At two seventy six. Are you gonna throw anything else out there like that? It, it didn't work out for me. Max <laughs> couldn't come through for me. Uh, no, it, it was a lot of fun. I probably put in you know nine or ten parlays just walking up the strip. Hey, as soon as you hit you know the ground, uh, the <laughs> twins did a walk off for yeah, you. No so, doubt. I mean, no doubt. There you go. No, but I. I I am going to throw in a parlay here, Andy. Um, it's it's let's go. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I got I got fifty dollars on this. Uh, it's Ortega at minus one sixty five. Mm-hmm. Lemos at minus three twenty five. Which you know, big favorite, big favorite. Yep. But then Lauren Murphy at that plus money, like we were talking earlier, at mm-hmm. plus one seventy. You bet fifty bucks on this, you're getting a return of two hundred and thirty three dollars, which I think is Pretty probably the wager. best, yeah. best value for the night. If you want to get real weird on it, you can parlay Ortega. <laughs> Let's by get weird su- by submission and Lamos <laughs> by you know decision and all that oh, kind of man, stuff. Oh man, was that? Does you got that? Or no, what is that I, about? Don't, I don't have that. <laughs> I don't have that. That would be. Absolutely not yeah. uh, crazy because all those would be plus bets. Yeah, but yeah. I feel like the most bang for your buck, the most likely to happen is just money line on all three of these fighters yeah. and uh, hit keep, it for uh, 230 bucks. And just keep it at that three leg. Yeah, you exactly. know, that's what got you into trouble with the four leg. Right. You, you know, I mean, or five or six. Yeah, your odds, <laughs> man, they really go the other way when, mm-hmm. you, when you just keep adding uh, a leg to that parlay. And I like keeping it at three. Yeah. And you're you're also getting the payout that you're looking for when you do string together a parlay. So of course. I have nothing wrong with that whatsoever. <laughs> yep. You got it. All right, let's take a quick minute here to talk about this week's sponsor, Nebraska Brewing Company, coming at you world-class in every glass. I'm enjoying a Cardinal right now. There you go. What do you got going on over there? I IPA? Got the, yeah, little, I got that what? Taco Vesa. <laughs> there we go. little Taco Vesa. All right, we're going to take a quick break here, and we're going to come back with Jonathan Von Tobel out of VEASAN, out of Las Vegas. We're going to be talking some Summer League NBA. Don't go anywhere, folks. WTL, everybody. I'm your host, Ann D. Classen. Now, we got a good one for you guys straight out of Las Vegas. Jonathan Van Tobel, host of VSIN's Hardwood Handicappers Podcast. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, no problem. You know, I'm here at the concourse. Uh, the game started a little bit later today, so it's a little bit more quiet than usual, but uh, it's been cool out here, man. I, I like this a lot. I'm a big NBA guy, so it's been cool to be out here. Yeah, and you're leading me right into it. You're also host of The Edge, so you're 
on site in Las Vegas watching all these summer league games go down. Yeah, it, it's cool, you know, and you, you get to watch. And look, you don't take a lot away from summer league games. Uh, you don't guys aren't failures after a couple of games in a developmental setting. Uh, guys aren't going to be all NBA uh, Hall of Famers after a couple of games in a, in a setting. But uh, you you get to see their game. You get to see them up close. Uh, you get to see what they look like physically. It, it is it is really cool to see. They're just the first steps of these guys' careers. And there's also guys who are in their second years, third years, uh, who show some real development. You know, for me, one guy that's been a big guy, a big, I think, winner uh, of the NBA Summer League has been a guy like Quentin Grimes for the New York Knicks. A guy going into his second year showing some real development. Looks like the best player on the court at times. You want to see that. So it's not all about the rookies. It's about some of these guys going into their second year, what they're showing. Yeah, and that's really what's so special about the G League and especially the Summer League. A lot of excitement around the NBA and these younger guys getting their opportunity. Uh, let's talk about those big three, though, and their odds. I mean, they're the odds-on favorite for Rookie of the Year. And, boy, we've seen some really good things. I have Paolo Banchero, plus 350, I think. Chet Holmgren's right behind him, plus 375, a lot of places. Uh, and Jabari Smith, you know, those were three names that lottery picks, first three off the board people were talking a lot about. And, boy, they've really showed out thus far in the summer league. Yeah, it was especially Dan Carroll, right? You know, the other day, I think it was yesterday uh, that the Orlando Magic come out and say, essentially, look, we've seen enough. Uh, you know, he's not going to play for the rest of the summer league. It looked really good in the time that we have seen him out here. It looks very comfortable. Um, and I think him, Holmgren, they deserve to be at the top. It's because you go into a season, uh, they are the known names. They're going to build up the most liability. Uh, so that's the way you kind of stack up rookie of the year odds. And Jabari Smith Jr., too, it's funny. So we talk about guys who are, you know, you get off to slow starts. So a lot of people, I think, were turned off, I guess you could say, by a slow start from Jabari Smith Jr. But here's the thing. Like, again, these games don't matter. The other part is when he gets to Houston and he's playing with the guys who's going to legitimately be playing with the regular season, Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., like, that's a backcourt that's going to create a lot of space for him. It's going to work out really well. He's going to look a, it's going to look a lot more comfortable in a setting like that. So those three deserve to be up there, but I'd say keep around some other guys. Benedict Matherin has looked really, really solid for the Indiana Pacers in some early parts of the summer league play. I've been a big fan. I've watched the Pacers, I think, the most out of all these teams just happen to catch them. Uh, and Keegan Murray for the Sacramento Kings yeah. makes it look easy. Like he moves with my co-host, Matt Humes, and I were talking about this. Who's kind of slow when you watch him play. Uh, mm -hmm. But those guys where you're watching them and you check a box score, it's like, oh, he's got more than 20 points. And he's hit about three three-point shots. So uh, Keegan Murray and Benedict Mather, and I think you guys further down the board that you're really intrigued by as you head into next year. Yeah, definitely some names to keep an eye on. Uh, some other guys that we've been keeping a close eye on in these parts in Nebraska, a lot of excitement around the summer league because we actually have a few players from the University of Nebraska, Nebraska participating. And that's starting with, you know, our first five-star uh, blue-chip recruit ever, Bryce McGowan. He's having some decent numbers, averaging 13 points, about 32 minutes of work. What have you seen some, from Bryce and also his older brother, Trey, uh, playing with the Clippers? Yeah, you know, Charlotte has not been a team I've watched a lot of, but I'll say McGowan's. You know, when you can lead a team with scoring and 17 points and you look comfortable in these, the shot looked really well. I think one of the games went three of six from beyond the arc. Uh, I think it's, again, it's more about like how comfortable they look out in these settings. And if they feel they're out there on the floor and they, they look like they belong, and that has been the case. And I think that's kind of been the case, at least for Bryce, who I've seen a little bit more of at times. You know, you see mistakes out there, sloppy with the ball, but I think that's a, as you expect from younger guys in the first time in these settings. So I'll say at least for Bryce McGowan, who I've seen a little bit of, I think you'll like it. Again, when you can come out of this with a positive vibe, it's always good as you head into the year, and there's always something there. And if you can shoot the ball in this league, you got a spot, and it looks like he can. And we know firsthand Bryce, can, he can fill it up. He can put it through the hoop. Uh, another guy that you already kind of touched on, a second-year guy, Delano uh, Banton, a very lengthy guard uh, out of Nebraska. In his four G League games, he averaged 26 points, uh, six rebounds, four assists. So, I mean, those are numbers that you can hang your hat on. Made 64 appearances uh, 
in the league, got a couple starts in there. And uh, he's amongst the leading scorers this year in the summer league. What have you seen out of Batten? Well, I think that's the kind of along the lines we were talking about with Quentin Grimes, right? Like when you have a guy who played a year in the NBA already, like played 64 games for him last year, made a start, I think, as you mentioned, put in some really good minutes for the Toronto Raptors, and then you come out and look like at times the best dude on the floor, uh, I think that's really good for you. And Banton has looked like that's the case. He's already an intriguing dude, too. I think he's, what, like 6'7", six, 6'8", six, but a dude who can handle a move. Like, yeah. as just a talent overall. He's a super intriguing guy. And when you can come out here, put up those numbers, again, look like the best player on the court. It's just really cool for me. Like, when you see dudes who play a year in the league and see the development and you can see the change in their game when they come back to this setting the next summer. So I think those are really good developments for him and for the Raptors, right? Because they're a team that could potentially uh, be a little bit thinner in terms of their depth, depending on what they ship off, if they're in contention for Kevin Durant. And that, may, that could mean that Banton's in for a lot of minutes this coming year. So I think it's really positive for him. Yeah, Banton is one of those lengthy guys. He does, might not look like he's moving too fast, but, you know, two steps, he's already to the rim and he's putting it through. So it's uh, been a lot of fun to watch him develop. Another guy that's kind of taken a, a a little bit of a detour to get to the league, but he's getting his opportunity now from the University of Nebraska, James Palmer Jr. Uh, he's getting a shot here with the uh, Utah Jazz. And I think uh, he played in Europe last year, okay, and then he played some G League games. And in those two G League seasons, he averaged 16 points. So there's potential, and he's putting up some similar numbers here in the summer league. Yeah, I think really when you got talk about guys like that, and I haven't seen a lot of him yet, um, but I will say, you know, again, like what I always like about like sports in general, but basketball is, is really up there. You know, guys don't take traditional paths as you talk about. And sometimes it's a little bit to kind of latch on or develop a really good example. You know, I covered uh, UNLV basketball for a while here. Chris Wood uh, is a guy who didn't get drafted, thought he was going to be at least selected. Uh, there's a very famous picture of him out there, really dejected afterwards. Take a securitist path to get here. And now all of a sudden, you know, he's getting acquired by the Dallas Mavericks, getting traded for, and he's going to be up there. So uh, guys like that, I would just say, you know, you never want to give up too soon because you never know that in two years, all of a sudden he bursts onto the scene with some real development and teams latch onto him. Yeah, and we got to take a moment here in Omaha, Nebraska. You know, that's home of the Creighton Blue Jays. And after conference realignment, you know, we're Big East country now here in Nebraska, I guess. So why not? But Tyshawn Alexander had a heck of a game, 22 points, went four for nine downtown actually pushed the game to overtime the other night against the Suns. Um, and we saw some promise here in Omaha, seeing him play throughout the season uh, for the Creighton Blue Jays out of the Big East. Uh, but now he's getting an opportunity to showcase that in the summer league. Have you had a chance to see uh, the young Hornet there, Tyshawn Alexander? Well, a little bit. I was watching the game on TV. Uh, but, you know, like what I like about like when you watch guys like him, especially when you get to a summer league setting is like if you get really good guard play for some of these teams, like it, Summer League is a better setting, I think, sometimes for guards because they're going to have the ball in their hands. Great, they can do stuff like that. So it gives a, a opportunity for guys like Tyshawn to put their game out there and put a little bit more forth. You know, front court players, like we were talking about Jamar Smith Jr., sometimes they're not in the best settings for them, so people kind of sell on them. And for guys like Tyshawn Alexander, they can really raise their stock, I think. So it's been a good setting for them. Yeah, and, he, and he's done well. So uh, a name that's catching a lot of buzz, and I don't know if deservedly so or not, but Sharif O'Neal, Shaquille O'Neal's son, uh, you know, didn't have a lot of fanfare coming out of college between three seasons split between UCLA and LSU. He only averaged, you know, two and a half points. But the L.A. Lakers, they're giving him a shot. And he had a decent game. It was a blowout against the Heat, but he came in, put in some worthwhile minutes, did some good things. 
Yeah, and we're going to get to see him. I think they either play tonight or tomorrow, the Lakers, so we're going to see another one. But last time, that one game, too, I think it was uh, against the Charlotte Hornets as well. Uh, only 15 minutes, but decent to four points, had seven rebounds, two or four from the floor when they played the Hornets in a double overtime game. So I think that's a real positive uh, for him out there, and especially like we're talking about where we're coming off of the bench in the summer league game, and it's not really a front court oriented type of game in these settings to at least put that out there and show that you have the ability to work down low a little bit. It's positive for him. So I can't wait. I'm actually, uh, the Lakers are, I'm planning to watch that game up close here because they're one of the teams that I haven't got to see a lot of it. Let's, it live at least uh, on TV. I've seen a little bit of them. Yeah. He's, he's going to get his opportunity and what a better spot for him. You know, he couldn't ask for a better shot than with the LA Lakers. So, uh, you got time to dive into one more thing here. The NBA is always headlines. It's like a soap opera year round. If you got time, I got one more question for you. What do you got? So many odds are circling around Kevin Durant and where he's going. I don't care if you're on FanDuel, DraftKings, whatever. There seems to be odds here, there, everywhere else. And it's just fascinating. Kyrie Irving opts into his contract. A day later, Durant opts out. And oh, by the way, he just signed a four-year, you know, 100 and what? $94 million contract and he opts out after, you know, or he requests the trade after Irving uh, opts in. So what do you make of all this? And what do you think? Oh, Kevin Durant, get your crystal ball out. What do you think he's going to end up? The Nets or somewhere else? I obviously, I don't really know. I will say, you know, about uh, two weeks ago or so, I put a small ticket on Toronto at 50 to one to win the NBA title. Just thinking that, you know, they'd be a, play a place that he might end up and uh, they're up there in terms of the teams that are rumored to grab him. Uh, it, it is pretty fascinating, though, because we have this whole deal reported yesterday, I think it was by Brian Windhorst, uh, uh, that it looks like DeAndre Ayton's on the verge of getting signed and traded to the Indiana Pacers, which would be a domino in the whole entire thing in terms of teams that can acquire him, because the Phoenix Suns, of course, are a team that he wants to go to. Uh, I'm, I'm really fascinated, because I think from a package standpoint, teams like New Orleans are interesting, teams like Toronto are interesting, but it definitely wasn't on a short list when it was first reported. So uh, if, you, if you twist my arm, just because I invested in them, I'll say the Toronto Raptors, uh, but that was more of a beat the market type of bet and get a better number in case it does happen as opposed to anything else. So I'll, I'll pick Toronto. Hey, a little wishful thinking there. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, for sure. All right, Jonathan. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, where can folks get more of uh, what you got going on there for VSIN? Uh, you've all the writings up at vsin.com in our NBA section. Um, let's see, Twitter at me, JVT. And yeah, that's about it. JVT, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you. And welcome back to WTL, everybody. I'm your host, Andy Klassen, joined by... Gibran. The Parlay Pounder. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, man, that was pretty awesome getting Jonathan Von Tobel that was on cool. the podcast. No doubt. Uh, and it's pretty cool that he's there in Las Vegas <laughs> doing his work for VSIN. Yeah. Uh, and can give us a you know bird's eye view from the arena there, it, seeing these players get after it. Yeah, no, that was awesome. Like he's literally just walking around the concourse, and yeah. he uh, yeah. did that interview for us. So no, that was very awesome. Uh, obviously, he's he's seen a lot of the guys there, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. some of the top rookies. It's uh, yeah. th- that would be a very fun thing to be out there for. And uh, someday I'm going to get out there and do that. And he had some pretty good. Uh, I don't want to call them sleeper picks, but yeah. you know, guys that you might want to look at as far as you. You know, doing these futures and rookie of the year type bets. Yeah, no doubt about uh, it. There's some guys there that he mentioned that I don't know if quite have made the mainstream media yet. Exactly. No, you, know? you usually only hear about the top three picks, yeah. and that's about as far as it go. T- 
top two probably in this class with uh, Banchero and uh, uh, yep. Chet. Yeah, and they so, already shut him down. So <laughs> those are the two that everybody's talking about. But, hey, we're talking about our boy Bryce. Yeah. Uh, just played a game tonight. Uh, they won 91-80, to the Hornets over the Cavs. He dropped in 24 points. This kid can yeah. score the we basketball. Know, we know he can do that. We know that he's yeah. always been able to do that. Went 5 for 6 from downtown, uh, 7 Woo. for 10 from the field. And five go. or six uh, from the free throw line. So this guy has what it takes. He's kind of like that little slender, you know, Kevin yeah, Durant kind of thing. Is. But he's, he's, he's a little slim. shorter, obviously. But yeah. he, if he puts on some muscle and kind of, you know, gets into the, you know, the way of the NBA, he really has a shot. I just don't – I hope he doesn't just turn into one of these G League players that right. fizzles. Yeah. Because that's very hard to see, uh, you know, somebody with so much potential just spend like three or four years in the G yeah. League and then, you know, hang it up. You know, and we're starting to see that, though. A lot more second-round guys yeah. get their shot, and then executives, coaches take them serious and like, no, we we got to get these guys on the court. we got to get them on the hardwood in the regular season. No doubt. Not stash them away or, or play the guy that, you know, we got all this capital tied up into. Yeah. Like, we're, we're seeing a lot more flexibility as far as coaching staffs and management allowing your best players to play, and I think that bodes very well for Bryce McGowan. I think so, too. And with the way that the Summer League has turned into such a big deal, right. it's a lot it better is. for these younger players, especially because most money. The, Wild money getting me bet on. It's crazy. <laughs> and now they're getting championship rings and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah. cra- it's crazy at what kind of spectacle it's turned into, but that's just the NBA in general. Yeah. It has so many fans across the world that people oh, just yeah. want to see it all the way around. And uh, uh, Tyshawn Alexander from Creighton yeah. was in the same game. He threw in five points and uh, uh, three rebounds, two assists, one steal and a block. So I this- mean... Is that a is that a Jaskers wet dream that the Hornets? <laughs> I know it's me because I'm I'm kind of a Hornets fan because I'm a big Lamelo guy. So yeah, yeah. Uh, if, yeah, yeah. if McGowan's can figure out how to get on this team and you know actually contribute, and I, I, I might yeah I might jump uh, I might jump ship on LeBron and be a total Buzz City guy. Was that two two or three nights ago? Tyshawn was just lighting it up yeah, from, from outside. Three. I mean, and he pushed the game to overtime. Yep. Uh, he I mean so he. Playing in the clutch, just yeah. like we saw him do for Creighton in the Big East. No uh, it's good that it's good to see that that it's translated to at least the summer league here. Uh, of course, uh, you know. So, and I'll tell you one thing about Bryce real quick and his brother Trey, yeah, uh, who signed with the Clippers. Yeah. so he's getting some work in here too. No doubt, or getting a shot anyway. Uh, ran into them at the high school state games. You know, yeah. We broadcast yeah, yeah, yeah. that. And after the game, he, you know, they made some time for him. He got to talk to him a little bit. Really nice guys. You know, yeah. they didn't have to come up and, and give me the time of day, but uh, super, super cool. Met and talked with their trainer. I kind of know their trainer a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I I mean, I already was pulling for those guys. For sure. And, and, and then you meet them and you hear about them and then you get to see it. So, I, I mean, I wish them the best of luck, and so far, so good. So far, so good, especially during the Summer League. And like we, talk, and like we talked about in that segment, Banton, uh, his team won tonight, too. The Raptors beat the, the Jazz 80-74, to and he threw in eight points. Hey, he made 64 appearances <clears throat> last year. Exactly. And, he, and they wanted to see if it's for real. He played 30 minutes in this game tonight, yeah. so he is... He's a guy that they're really yeah. testing. Is he is he going to be a full time player for the Raptors? And it is it's trending that way. It really is. Well, and that's another thing that JVT talked about was like he's already an intriguing kind of guy. Uh, no, and doubt. we saw that at at Nebraska. Of course. Uh, I mean, what is he? Six seven, six eight, something like that. And, and very and slender. A, and and a guard. Can, he can, can shoot. He, he can shoot. Get he can, to the rim. Yep. He's not afraid of contact. Nope. Uh, and you think usually a slender guy like that would you know have a little hesitation to mix it up down low? No doubt. He has no hesitation. No. I mean, I don't know how many times he would take it to the rim, 
get clobbered. Yeah. I'm like, what? what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but, man, uh, he played his cards right, and he's, he's, has, he's in a really good spot right now, I feel, yeah. uh, rounding things out here in the Summer League. So a lot of fun. If you get a shot, you know, it's a good way to kill an afternoon if you don't got anything going on of course. watching some NBA Summer League. Yep, no doubt about it. Uh, Andy, so let's get in to some July baseball. Uh, yes, yes. Okay, well, now you're, you want to go uh, futures here, World Series odds, yeah. where they were, where they opened, and who do we like now? Is anyone climbing up that ladder? We have seen one half of baseball. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. got the full picture now of who these teams are, how they're going to be, who needs a piece, who needs a piece here, uh-huh. who needs a pitcher, who needs a cleanup hitter kind of thing. So yep, yep. Uh, the All-Star game is you know next this coming week, uh-huh. uh, so everybody... These division races are going to be in full swing coming out. The gap between baseball's best is perhaps not as wide as we thought uh, with these AL powerhouses starting to look like real threats to the yeah, Los yeah. Angeles Di- uh, Dodgers' potential crown. Right. Uh, but uh, there's been a little mediocre play in the AL side that you know makes, makes the Dodgers kind of look like world beaters again. But yeah. the way that it stands right now is the New York Yankees have the best odds to win the World Series at plus 400. Mm-hmm. And... With the lineup top to bottom, it's hard to argue with that. Yeah. Um, it's the return of the Bronx Bombers in a big way. <laughs> in a I mean, jeez, Aaron yeah. Judge having a season. He is. Uh, yeah, he's he's got to be pretty much uh, a lock for top five MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But the Dodgers are really nipping at their heels at plus uh, 420. Um, and Houston's right behind them at plus 650. I'm going to go down the list a little bit here, Andy. Okay. Uh, I really like the way that a couple of these teams are playing baseball right now, especially the Atlanta Braves. They're sitting at 53 and 36 right now. They opened at a plus 900. Obviously, they're the defending champs. Mm -hmm. They're sitting at a plus 1200 right now. So, yeah, so they actually went the other way. They actually went the other way Mm -hmm. just because, you know, they're still way above 500 and, you know, still have yet to kind of find their spark and all this kind of stuff. But a team with this kind of pedigree, with this kind of all-stars on their team. They're 11 at, games above 500. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And they're at plus 1,200. I think it's a very good, I don't know. I, I mean, it's, it's a future to look it, at for sure. It's a future sure. to look yeah, at they're, right they're now. They're going, I mean, even though it's kind of odd you look at it, they yeah. opened up at plus 900. Now they're at plus 1,200. Yeah. You might feel better about them now than you did at the, at the start of the season. Yeah, at the start and, of the season. And, I, and that's kind of what I was getting at is I, I think it's a very good value play at twelve at 1,200 because I really think that they're as good as any team in baseball outside of the Yankees and Dodgers at this point. But I don't see any reason that this team can't compete for the championship this year again. No, not at all. And, and w- what do you think of the other team that's sitting at 1,200 right now, uh, San Diego? Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's kind of fun what they're doing. They're kind of like that thorn in the Dodgers' side. No doubt about it's it. A, it's a fun little rivalry that's been kind of growing, you know, getting some yeah. steam to it in the last couple of years. Um and, and they opened up at plus 1,600. So now they're actually moving in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. You know, you never know how seating is going to work out, but you know, I feel like a lot of times they try to break it up. So you have two West Coast teams. That, yeah. You know. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, no, they're trying to do that. You know. Well, so it's just how you know you can't put you know five National League teams up there because mm-hmm. no matter what, those teams are going to have to play themselves 
yeah. at some point. Right. So one of those isn't going to make the NLCS or yeah. the World Series. So, no, they try to back it up as an NL team, an AL team, an NL team, an AL team. Yep. And that's the way it goes because they have the best chances of making the World Series and winning the World Series. So, no, I really like the way that the Padres are trending just because I think they have probably the best rotation in baseball with Joe Musgrove, yeah, you yeah. Darvish, uh, Clevenger. They just got the pitchers. Darvish that, is healthy. Yes. You know, finally. Yeah. And I'm just saying if they get into a series with you know one of these powerhouses, they can shut people down mm-hmm. for multiple mm-hmm. games in a row, which really, really helps you in a seven-game yeah. series when you can just say, okay, this guy's only giving up one run. This guy's pitching a shutout. It's uh, That's what playoff baseball is all about, and yeah. that's the way that we've seen teams win in the past here yeah. when they get hot with pitching they only have to score four or five runs in there in the money i believe billy bean you know oakland the, athletics yep, general manager yep. said you know Pat yourself uh, on the back uh, my shit don't work in the playoffs <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> it really doesn't because yeah you get stuck playing a team like san diego who does have a rotation yeah who does have enough bats capable bats and now you're in a tough spot you yeah. know, you dropped a game at home, and oh boy, we got to go on the road and try and figure this one out. So yeah, I like San Diego, like Atlanta. Who else are you looking at? I am looking at the St. Louis Cardinals. They're literally sitting at where they were at the start of the season at plus twenty five hundred. But I just really like this team. They probably have the NL MVP leader on their team, and Paul Goldschmidt and mm-hmm. Nolan Arenado is just hitting his stride too. Yep, yep. and got uh, him back. And it's just crazy as these these. Old timers, we will call them on their team, just keep producing. I just yeah. saw Pujols hit a uh, 450 foot home run, and he's like 94, and he's in the freaking home run derby oh, this he's year. He's only like 54. So. I understand, but no, him and Yachty just continue to yeah. produce, and, and he's the, a catcher. Like, what is going on? Yeah, I don't you understand, know? but no, I really like this team, especially with their experience with their veterans that they have on this team. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they got Goldie, they got Arenado. And they with are those, that gnat that just won't go away. Exactly. You know? And it, with that experience, I really think that they can make a run at it. And uh, I like the plus 2,500. I yeah. really do. Yeah, that's a great spot to be in. I think you're looking at another team that's right around that mark as well. <laughs> so this is, yeah, this is my last hope. This is my <laughs> this is my calling. This is my Minnesota Let's Twins. Let's go! <laughs> they started out, they had a bad year last year, so they, they opened up at plus 8,000 this year at the start of the season, and they're already down to plus 2,500 because they are leading the uh, AL Central by about five games right now ahead yeah. of the the Guardians in the White Sox. So I really like this Minnesota team. If they can add some pitching on the backside, they really need a closer. They've lost about four or five games in the ninth inning this year just because they do not have a true closer, which we traded away to the Padres Uh in the offseason. But if they can find somebody at this break or right before the trade deadline to get and actually hone in and try and – you know, yeah, put yeah. this complete team together. They are, are they? scary because they have a top to bottom lineup with about as much power mm-hmm. as people can have, and we have the the league's best actual batter and batting average with Luis Arise. He's an all star. Mm-hmm. We got Buxton. He's yep. an all star. Yep. We I, I really scary. think if we're gonna make a run, it has to be probably this year. 
And because we've been on that niche for about four or five years, are they going to do it? Are yep, they going to do yep. it? Are they going to do it? So if if I have any hope, it's going to be this year. And I am going to throw some money. I did throw some money on them at plus 8,000. So you but be- now I'm going to put some more money on it at plus 2,500. So you believe that they are going to they're, they're going to shell it out. They're going to go for it. They're going to try and pick up a couple arms? Yes, they will. I you know that so? they will. With new management, they have been trying to – you can see that these aren't the Minnesota Twins of the past. Such a homer. With no, but think about the Minnesota Twins before the last two or three years. We never spent any money. Uh-huh. They had to be homegrown boys like yeah. Sano, Mauer, Morneau, mm-hmm. all those guys. We never went and got anybody in free agency. But check out the last couple of years. We went out and got Nelson Cruz. We we went out yep. and got Josh Donaldson. We came in and got Carlos Correa this year. This okay. management will spend money, and they think we have a true winner. And if we can find an actual closer, this team is going to be scary, and you heard it here first. <laughs> All right. Well, I got one. I'm going to come back at another one. It's even a bigger long shot. Yeah, let's go. Uh, and it, it has a lot to do with oh Peter Golenbach kind of rubbing off on me. We had <laughs> him right. on the, the pod a week ago. And, I mean, he lives down around Tampa Bay. Yep. And he's like, look. All of our starters are out with injury. Exactly. Seven of our, I think he said at one time, seven of their regular starters in yep. the field were out. Those guys are not, they're not even healthy. They're not even close to being healthy right now. You're right. And they're sitting seven games above 500. Yeah. Okay. And we've seen them get by New York, get by Boston. Okay. What uh, They're in a World Series, what, two seasons ago? Two seasons. So they, they, they can get there. They know they can get there, even though no one goes to their games. Right. I mean, that's a whole other issue or whatever. But this team. This team is good. Yes. It's very good. And they're banged up by as, as all get out. And they're still seven games above 500. I think after the break here. When they do get healthy, when they do get that starting rotation back in line, yeah. oh, man, sitting at plus 2,800. I really like that. And they open up at plus 1,400. I, I like it even more now than I did at the beginning of the season, and yeah. especially with the body of work they've done. Yeah, I'm thinking, <laughs> this one's teed up. This, yeah. this is looking good. This is looking good. No, I, I totally agree with you and everything you just said. They're they're a team that you can't count out because they've been there, mm-hmm. and those players that were on that team are just older now and more experienced. Right. Uh, if this pitching staff can't come back, and can be healthy. They're expected to. Exactly. I re- you you're, you might have hit something there at a plus 2,800. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. And uh, we wouldn't be who we are if we didn't mention the Boston Red Sox. They, <laughs> they are sitting at 47 and 41. Yeah. They probably will squeak in to a wild card spot just because the Yankees are so far ahead of them right now with 61 wins. Uh, but if Boston squeaks in there, nobody yeah. can take down the Bronx Bombers like Boston. They're a half game behind Tampa Bay right now. Exactly. And they're at plus 3,300. You know that they will spend money. Oh, yeah. You know that they will. If they just have a shot. Exactly. They're 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 shelling it out. They don't care. And they got they yeah. got power. They got all stars. All that kind of stuff. So that's probably another one that people should look into at plus thirty three hundred. Uh, but those are my top ones. I really, I, I like really it. like Atlanta. I really like St. Louis. And you know, my heart's in Minnesota. There we go. So and and we've talked about it before. You know, it doesn't hurt especially right. you know in baseball to go ahead and bet on a team that you know something about that you follow day in and day out you know they're exactly. you know so why not uh you got something coming up for the folks here throughout the week yeah no uh we had the home run derby taken off on Monday mm-hmm. 
And they haven't set the whole lineup yet. We got Pete Alonzo, the two-time champ. He's probably going to have the best odds, I would say. I would think so. Uh, he's, he's got the swing. He's, he's won it twice in a row. But we also have Ronald Acuna Jr., who's been in it before. Mm-hmm. Albert Pujols, who's been in it before. Juan Soto, who's been in it before. <laughs> and yeah. Kyle Schwarber, who's been in it before. Yeah. So yeah. these are all guys that have been in this thing. I think it's going to be really, really close with these lines, but I. It's going to be fun. Uh, about check in on our YouTube or our TikTok or our Twitter. I will be putting out these picks for who I think is going to win, and just tune into it. It's one of the funnest things of the summer, especially for me. I've. Just remember, always growing up, watching Mark McGuire, watching Bonds, yeah. watching Griffey. <laughs> yeah, all those just, guys. Just kill yep. it with this thing. And I just really think it's one of the funnest events of the summer. And uh, we'll put some picks out for it. It is a lot of fun. So, folks, be sure to follow us on Twitter, TikTok, all that fun stuff for those yeah. picks coming out. Uh, throughout the weekend, we need that lineup, though. And yeah. they're, they're, I think they're just kind of milking it. I, I really think they're do. milking it, too. You know, I think they some drama. probably will have a couple uh, – you know, a little, you know, not big names come in here at mm-hmm. the end or whatever, just to mm-hmm. fill it out. A couple young guys, because this is such a stat card already with yeah. some of the, the league's best home run hitters. Uh, mm-hmm. I think John Carlos Stanton might be the last big name that they're going to yeah, throw in at the him. end. So, yeah, uh, which will be a powerhouse, and uh, and he's won it before, too. So, <laughs> these right. lines are going to be pretty, pretty, uh, pretty tight, but... Uh, if I had to pick right now, it's going to be Pete. And as far as running into the All-Star game next week, that's really all you're looking at as far as betting? Or are you looking at anything else there? No, it's it's so hard for me to bet on the All-Star <laughs> game because you don't know if they're going to take it serious. Right. You don't know if the pitching is going to take it serious. You don't know if they're going to lob balls up for them. Uh, obviously, they want to make it as real as it can be, but yeah, uh, it, it could got be it former could... teammates, like you said, playing against their old exactly. team. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now that I don't know, I was kind of a fan of, and I'm 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 in the minority there, but I liked it when it mattered and the yeah. winning, you know, American League, National League got to host the world, be the home the world team series. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because then it, yeah, I mean that that coach. You're expected to win. Like you're accountable oh, yeah. to the other 2018, no 32 team. What you know, uh, and now that's kind of been the rug's been pulled out on that. And I, I get best it. record I, I think now. So yeah, yep. I, I hear the noise. I get it, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it. it I, I did like the rule as well, just because it made it a fun game mm-hmm. with the best players. I get why they changed it, but uh, yeah, it, it, I just don't have anything. To bet on, right? Uh, I don't like that either. But it is fun to to go ahead, and maybe to have a little fun with the home run derby. Exactly. I'll tell you what. What Pete Alonso did last year alone, what a show! Yeah, he is so confident, um, and it just felt like he was toying with everybody. Exactly. Uh, that that lasted fat there. Yeah, that no, was amazing. It was. So, I mean, I can tell you before your line even comes out, it'd be tough for me to bet against Alonso, but. With the odds makers, <laughs> those cappers, you know, if it's too much of minus money, there is no way, yeah, no way uh, I'm going <laughs> to uh, risk that much, especially in that type of setting. For sure. Hey, I got a quick question for you, though. Yeah. You know, uh, a lot of our folks tune into this. They're not big-time bettors. Yeah. You know, we're, we're learning a lot as we move forward yeah, as for well. Yeah, sure. So I, something that I think confuses a lot of people, you go to make a baseball bet and there's ML, there's RL, like what's going on there? And it's money line and run line. What yeah. is the difference there? Okay, so I'll just give you an example. Today, the New York Yankees on their run line was mm-hmm. minus one and a half runs. So that means okay. that 
to hit this bet, they have to win by one and a half runs, which means they have to win by two by runs two. to win this bet. And you'll see on run lines that it'll be plus money and more than likely because it's such a harder bet to hit yeah. than just winning by one. Yep. So that's where your value comes in baseball is with run lines, not money lines. Mm-hmm. So just just like we were saying with the New York Yankees today, they're minus one and a half at plus 105. So mm-hmm. to hit that plus 105 bet, they have to win by two. Now, on the money line, they're sitting at a minus 198, which is way worse odds, not plus money, negative money. So you'd have to risk a lot more on a money line yeah. than you would on a run line. And a money line is pretty much just picking a winner. That is all it is. That's all the a money, money line, line is. is pick them. And the run line is they got to And a lot of times you do see that one and a half because yeah. so many games are decided by one, and you see a lot of managers just protect that one-run lead. That's what it's and all that's about. that's what they're coaching towards. That's what and it's that's, all about. So – uh, I I like the money line, even though the odds aren't always that great. Right. That's why you got to look for those that edge that crease. Like, okay, you know who's what starters are rolling in. Exactly. Who's traveling? Are they exactly. on the a three week bender across you know the nation? That's where you do get value in the money line, picking those dogs, getting that plus money. No doubt about it. And like we were just talking about the New York Yankees, they had a minus one and a half. Uh, run line today, uh-huh. and they're in the top of the tenth inning as we speak. Six to six. Yeah. So more than likely, that run line will not hit. No. The money line's probably more than likely going to hit because they're at home and they get the they get the bat last. Yep. But more than likely, this run line will not hit. A lot more times, the money line hits. Sure. And th- that's just the odds. That's yeah. just the odds. But yep. like you said, if if they have their ace pitcher out there and you think they're going to beat the Reds by five runs, throw the run line out. It's it's just how you feel on that day and. Uh, that's that's how it is. All right, so I think that's all I had for us. Yeah, uh, you got anything else you want to talk about? No, that's you're good to go. That's what I had for all the right. day. Huge thank you to Jonathan Von Tobel once again from yes. VSIN taking a minute to talk to us about summer league NBA action out there in Las Vegas. Now the big thanks to Nebraska Brewing Company, world class in every glass, no doubt about. It. Been enjoying yep. this Cardinal the entire time. <laughs> yes, sir. For WTL, where's the line? My name is Andy Classen, joined by Gibran. As always, the Parlay Pounder. Thank you, folks, for listening. Hail Varsity Radio, every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday's show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hail Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hail Varsity Radio.